Good morning. Y'all have to be loud. Uh, I'm glad you're here this morning. I thought we were going to have to slide in for a little bit, for a little bit, uh, but it, it's okay out there. Uh, but continue to keep uh, Kelly in your prayers. Uh, that's where Heath's at. They uh, she tested positive later in the week for COVID, so Heath and the family are trying to quarantine away from her. They haven't tested positive, so you can pray for him because that means he has two kids locked up in a room. Uh, and so there's that. But uh, he'll be back in action uh, early this week, so he'll be here Wednesday night. Uh, but if he was here, uh, he was talking about this. Uh, we started a series last week of Gather, Group, and Move. That's what our church is about. Uh, he's not here, so we're not going to do this. But I will tell you, I'm going to take Gather and Group and just kind of push them together is what I hope to do because he he told me, he's like, hey, man, you can preach on groups if you want. And he kind of laid it out there. I was like, man, that sounds good coming from you because he's got a lot of looking forward uh, in our groups and what they're going to look like. And so I want him to share that. So I just kind of took a, a step back. Uh, and then just kind of started kind of praying about those together. And so what we're going to look at today is really our church as a whole, uh, or just community and, and, and what that looks like. So I'm going to pray. We're going to jump in uh, to community. Let's pray. Father, God, thank you again for today. God, thank you for holding off the weather. Uh, God, thank you for getting us here. God, we go ahead and pray for the whole trip home. Uh, that it'll be safe, God. So be with us today. Uh, God, let us uh, not, not, not look past your word in a hurry to get home. Uh, so you're going to pray. Amen. So... A story a lot of you can relate to, and I told the first service this, and I'll tell you all the same thing. Marcella had her baby this week, but she was here, and I'm, I'm saying that to give her an excuse to not to be here. If you have a baby, you can miss the one Sunday. Okay. But anyway, so she's not here, but her sister come last week, and I talked to her back there, and y'all, her sister, they had talked about travel and all this stuff, about her family's all over the place. And I just sit there in awe, and I know she probably caught me a few times, like, staring at her, like her, just like, what? Because they're all over the United States. Um, I have moved four times within a two-square-mile radius, right? When I have to go see my in-laws and pack it up to go see my in-laws 20 minutes away, I feel like it's a long way, and then my parents live six minutes away. Uh, my sister lives four minutes away. So I don't get it uh, with all everybody spread out. But here's what I, I read a story. A young man, he wants to be in the Boy Scouts. He wants to be in the Boy Scouts. But his dad's in the military, and he's jumping all over the place. I mean all over the place. And even in the story, I've seen the word Madagascar, and I was not going to even try to figure out all the places his dad had been, but like his dad had a Boy Scout manual, and like this kid was excited to be a Boy Scout. And his dad didn't want to let him down, and so he was going to try to give him a chance to be a Boy Scout. But if you're going to be a Boy Scout of America, it's tough to not do that in America. So he's traveling all over the place, so his dad finds a program. It's out there. It's called the Lone Scout Program. The Lone Scout Program, and what it was actually designed for is if you couldn't make the Boy Scout meeting, you would do that for a while until you could get back, weather permitting. Uh, but this is what his dad found, the Lone Scout Program. So he plugged his son into that. Hey, we are ready to go like he's going to be a Boy Scout. So they do the same things as a Boy Scout. It's the same manual, but instead of Boy Scouts, it just says Lone Scouts. And so he took off, man, and he learned how to build a campfire alone. And he learned how to sing his favorite campfire songs alone. And he learned, y'all like s'mores? He made s'mores alone. And he had his great troop meetings alone, right? And I could just keep going, but that sounds creepy weird, doesn't it? And it kind of makes me laugh inside a little bit. But if you're not a Boy Scout or if you're not even for the Boy Scouts, what you know to be true is that's not how the Boy Scouts are supposed to be. 
The whole purpose of Boy Scouts are for a bunch of boys, a bunch of them interested in the outdoors to come under the wing of a bunch of older men that want to share their their knowledge of the outdoors. And they come under that for the skills and they, they teach what the Boy Scouts hold important to those young men. A group of young men. So the idea of a one Boy Scout or a lone Scout is dumb, Right? And so why even tell you that? Because I, here, here's the point today. The idea of a lone Christian, like you're just going to do it yourself. Like when you line that up with Scripture, whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament, I dare you to do both. It's crazy as the Lone Scout program. It's as ridiculous as the Lone Scout program. The idea of a lone Christian. Our spirituality, what we believe, the things that we come around, is meant to be worked out in community. I promise, right? John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 20 says, If anyone says, I love God, but he hates his brother, he is a liar. For him, for he who he does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God who he hasn't seen. Right? So that that's obvious. That John connects the point that you can't even, I can't even fathom a love for God without loving other people. Right? It even goes for worship. If you look at Matthew 5.23, it says, So if you're offering your gift at the altar that you're going to worship, he says, "Be, uh, But you remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift at the altar and go and reconcile to your brother. Then come to the gift. So if you're on your way here and you remember you offended somebody, stop. Right? Don't sing. Don't worship. Leave. God says go reconcile with that brother. Then come to God. God wants to unite a community that's together and at peace with each other. Right? That's what I'm saying. Our spirituality is meant to be worked out together in a community. And so when we walk through a series about group and gather, that's what we want for this place. Like that's what I want. That's what I want for the youth group as I lead them. That's what I want for the adults as they're over here. So yes, I, I want to build character and all those things that you want to teach the youth. But I want to do it in the midst of community. Because there's other people that can teach them besides me. Right? There's other little life lessons. There's other people. When I know there's some other people at my school that are for what I'm for, I'm a little bit stronger. Right? And even God designed it that way. If you look in Genesis chapter 2, you don't have to, but I'll read it. But he basically, he basically makes everything. And what does he say about it? Like, it's good. It's good. It's good. And seven times he says it's good, but then he creates man. And in a moment, like he's in the garden, just him and God, like this is going to be amazing. This is the best quiet time in the world. It's just me and God every day, all day. Like Adam's like, God, do you love me? And he's like, you're my favorite person of all time. All right, that's a joke. He didn't say that. y'all. Okay, y'all didn't get that. Okay, he was only one. Okay, so, but anyway, that's not in there. But Adam had God all to himself. He was unhindered time with the God Almighty. And so when God assessed that situation, what did he say? If you look at Genesis 2.18, it says that ain't good. It says that is not good. It's not good for man to be alone. What do you mean alone? He had God. Even God essentially is community, right? We believe in one God, but he's three persons to start with. He's already community out of the gate. So when he creates one single man, he says, hey, I'm not going to make that one man in my image and then just leave him. I'm going to make him a part to be a community. We're meant to commune with others. 
I can't fully be me without us. Right? God didn't design us to be alone. He designed an us. And that's the devastating thing about sin. It'll split us. And all he split us from God, it'll split you from other people. Right? He designed an us. I told a bad joke in the first service. I've already landed one. And then the other one was, y'all, Heath comes up with these cat, catchy phrases for his sermon series. <laughs> Mine today was going to be, there's no Jesus without us. Because of the way he spells Jesus. Okay, so move on. But that's the point, right? He He's seen us in the garden. Like, that's already breaking down. Like, you think your family's bad. Like, they're already killing people. Like sin, it don't take sin long to destroy, right? It doesn't take us long to mess our families up. The first set of brothers are killing each other. We've seen it in humanity. Turn on the news. Like you can see race, how much you make, where you live, where you were born, all those things we went to war over. Like there's been things we've just been destroying each other every day since we decided and figured out what sin was. It will devastate us. So if we think about it that way, community helps us. We need community with God. We need to commune with us. Right? And that's why God sets out to form a new creation, a new humanity. And he designs us. He creates us a community. Right? And if we look at just second, uh, Ephesians 2, second Ephesians. Ephesians 2, he talked about what God did for us. And he says, like, if you're dead and trespasses and sin, there's something wrong. Like, we're, we're, we're not what we're meant to be. We've trespassed, we've sinned, we're dead before God. We're not alive. That calls us the children of wrath. That's pretty tough talk. But what? God don't leave us in it, right? He's a, he's a God of mercy and he, he sends his love. He sends Christ to die for us. Our death, he died for us. And he sits with the right hand of God for us. There's some beauty in that. Go home, your homework today is Ephesians 2. You were dead and lifeless, and then God saved you from your wrath, from your sin. And you don't just step away and go, you're nasty, I'm going to leave you in it. That's not what God does. He steps forward, and and he comes around, and Christ steps in and saves us from it. He draws us into communion with him. He raised us to be with him. Right? We can show glory to him. He forms community. Because that's what, that's what salvation is. It's what, what's to be a Christian. Like we've even seen those bumper stickers. Christians are not perfect. They're just forgiven. Well, that's neat. There's no more to it than that, isn't it? It's like if I come up with a bumper sticker that says marriage isn't perfect, but you're just not single anymore. Like marriage is a lot more than just not being single. Right? There's a, it's a shade to it. It's a shade more to that. Right? You've killed off singleness to enjoy the union with another person, there's a lot to that. It's the same way with God. He's forgave sin and moved us away to have a relationship with Him. So yes, you're supposed to have a quiet time. This is not a not quiet time. Kenny told me not to have a quiet time. He said to get everybody in my community and read together. No, you can sit down with, you need to sit down and spend time alone with God. There's verses about going to desolate places and seeking and studying and learning and talking to God. That is needed and please do. Because I'll tell you, if you never get out of the culture that you're in, it's going to be tough to bring anything new back, right? If I, if I never, if I, 
If I never bring anything new in, if I never exit it, is what I'm saying. It's going to be tough to bring anything back. So yes, withdraw from the crowd. Yes, sit alone with God in the wilderness. Yes, but hey, gum it, bring that back to us. Step back into community, right? I'll give you all a little secret, or not a secret, an insight of my life. If you know YouTube, I don't know how it works, but it'll shoot you videos that are so interesting. And I don't know if they know what you've been watching uh, but mine does. And so mine shot me a video about prisons. And what I do is when I'm driving, I just set my phone over and I listen to documentaries or whatever. And I've been listening about prison, y'all. Don't go. All right, that's enough. No, but, but, but prison life, and the, the one I heard about this week was solitary confinement. And what they did was a study on solitary confinement where they put a prisoner in solitary confinement. You're by yourself for a, a, a period of time. They went up to two weeks, and what they figured out was in this study, the quietness for about two weeks is super good. It gets them out of the chaos of what's going on. It clears their mind. Honestly, it calms them down. But you leave them in there for months, they'll go insane. They'll go insane. A couple days, a couple weeks, it's good. Months, they're insane. So you start to come apart as a human being. You just unravel, man. You will lose touch with reality quickly. Like literally, you will go crazy. And see, all we did for two weeks or a month, we took good, and I turned it into torture. You see that? That's what a loan will do. Because if you want to bring a hardened criminal to his knees, in this documentary, what I learned was, what do you do to him? The worst thing we can do in the country, we put them alone. We make them alone time for a long period of time. And it'll break them in half. Right? It'll break their mind. That's how dependent we are on us. You can get away from us for a minute, maybe two weeks. But after that, it's going to be tough. Right? We're wired that way. So I'm all about retreating and sitting and having a quiet time. Again, please don't tell Heath I told you not to have one. But bring it back and join us when you get done. Like I want to be in a community that is deeply involved and honest and learning with us. If I sit in a room and share my opinions, I'm always right. That's not good. Right? There's something about somebody else telling me, hey, this is what I thought. Right? And even if we look at Ephesians 2 some more, like we usually stop about verse 10. Like I was dead in my transgressions. Christ made me alive. He made me this masterpiece, and I stopped right there. Right? We even sell bumper stickers that say, but God, period. Because, boy, he changes everything there. But if we keep reading, God goes on to say, hey, it's not just an individual rescue from our sins, but he's going to pull us out to make an us. Like, that's why he, he, he wants us. You ever heard anybody say, if you was the only person on the planet, Jesus would die for you. Ever heard that? That's true. Everybody knows what they're saying. Like, they're, you're just trying to show me how much God loves me. But I'm going to be honest with y'all. God never really intended on making one dude. He tried it and said it's not good quickly. Right? So that, that's why we need an us. Right? He, he didn't, God didn't even like the idea. A party of one is lame, y'all. 
It's lame. I've never been to a good one. But you get a group of people where their number one is my number one. We can struggle here a little bit. But you get people that agree with the main things, the main thing, you got something. You got something, right? That can be a lot of fun. Because what happens is, see, it's our arrogance and pride, realistically, that will keep us separated and just say we can handle it on our own. Like we know that. But what happens? When we're reconciled by God, when God saves us from that arrogance, like how are we saved? We tell God we're not perfect. We've messed up. When we all humble ourselves, we chunk that arrogance out the door, and we get into God's family, what? I don't come in here and go, hey, how'd you get in here? Well, I got a lot of money and a good job. Well, sit down. Well, my parents are here. Like my parents got in. That's not how the kingdom of God is going to work. It's about you and your heart and you coming humble to, to a God Almighty. Right? And so once we do that, so let me share y'all something. And maybe if you got youth, you probably shouldn't listen, but I'm a new man. But uh, you know, let me tell y'all about the most polite bunch of people I've ever met. And it's the quickest people. This is the cool part. To walk in a room and everybody talk to everybody is the quickest it ever happens. It didn't even happen this morning in this place. And there's only like 30 of y'all here. It didn't happen. right? But that room, unfortunately or fortunately, I've been several times more than most people. Um, but I was fortunate enough to be invited or told by a court to go to driving school. Okay? And so... When you go over the speed limit so much, they give you a ticket to a class that you had to earn to go that fast. And so when you earn your way there, um, y'all, so I go to driving school, like, you know why those people are so welcoming? Like, if we just think about it, it's not walked. I didn't go in there and, like, see Jeff and be like, oh, yucking it up. I didn't know anybody in there, all six times or seven, whatever. But. But when we walked in there, we all had one thing in common. We were all guilty. See, there was no me going in, looking down on somebody going, well, I'm better than him. Like, that that never happened. Because I knew he got a ticket, and I got a ticket. Like, really, the only thing we could talk about is how much your ticket was. How fast were you going? I bet I was going faster. Right? Those sweet conversations broke out. But the point is, we're all on the same page, and it quickly, I seen like a sweet alliance in those people coming together. Like, I'm guilty. Like, when we walked in the door, I know you're guilty. I know you're a mess. Here's the, don't forget this. Being a mess or admitting you're a mess and admitting you're guilty is a prerequisite of getting in the family of God. Right? There's something about when we come low and have the mercy of God, that it just kind of brings us together, don't it? So when we all come through the door, hopefully, we all understand we're a mess. And we need each other, right? That That's that's community, right? And then even if you jump ahead, read chapter 4 today too in Ephesians. Because in there it says, I'm therefore a prisoner of the Lord. I urge you in the light of what God has done. He's forgiven us. So since he has, since Jesus died on the cross for you, this is what it says. Walk in a manner worthy of calling, of the calling to which you've been called. That's deep, ain't it? Like, hey, just live a life worthy of that. 
It's, it, it sounds big when we say it out loud. Just live a life worthy of all Jesus did for you. <laughs> okay, like, wow. How am I, I going to do that? Well, luckily, Paul doesn't leave us hanging. He says, uh, uh, he tells you, with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, walk in a manner worthy. How do I walk in a manner worthy of Jesus dying for me? I'm going to be humble. I'm going to be gentle. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to bear one another in love. And don't miss the last part. I'm going to be eager to maintain the unity of this place. Wherever you call home and dig in with a Christian community, you should care about the unity of that place. Right? That's what it says. So let me ask you in the room today. Christians in the room, how's that going? When you think about your spirituality, when you think about your walk with Jesus, just in your mind, think about it, how would you judge it? How would you explain it to me if I asked you after the service? You're going to tell me it's based on your quiet times you did pretty good this week? Like your frequency there? Or there's this one sin in your life, you're hung up on it, and you beat, you beat it all week. You wore that sin's head out. So you won. Or, what this says in, I worry about the eagerness to maintain the unity of the Spirit. Any of y'all going to send me that? Like, Kenny, I'm just worried about this place and the unity of it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm eager today to maintain the unity of all of this. Because what it's telling me is unity is a huge deal. And I, and I know those are like church words a little bit, but like, do you think in terms of that? Because the Bible does. Like that's what it says when to walk in a manner worthy that as you commit yourself, like that's what it is. Because here's what I'll tell you. Tough to separate, ain't it? Because if I went to Danny, I said, Danny, you know what? We're going we're gonna to be a, a, gr- a group. We're going to be a, a, commu- a community. But Rhett, her son, if you would get his loud mouth out of here, he bugs the crap out of me. He's annoying. Get him out. Y'all know what she's going to say? No, that, see, we're a package deal. There's no separating there. So the question is, if I'm going to honor God Almighty, how am I treating his children, right? Because you're not going to separate it. I, w- I would, I mean, my goodness. And I would even ask about the people not in this room right now that you just know outside of here. It don't have to be these people in this room at this church. How are we treating other people? Do we care for them? Have I ever thought I'm eager to maintain the unity of his spirit? Right? That's tough. Because Paul's even honest and he's like, hey man, it's going to be, you're going to take gentleness and patience. Because Christians get on each other's nerves. They're crazy. Like, you're going to need a little bit of that. Some of y'all are obnoxious. Y'all might think, I'm obnoxious. And Paul says what? Just use a little patience. Keep rolling. Don't leave. It's not worth it. It's worth by showing up and honoring God. That's what's worth it. And so we do that, and we hope that we're more like Christ. I can't be like Christ without you, and vice versa. 
And it even says in the text that he gave certain apostles and prophets and whatever the reason ordained teachers, all those things, what are they doing? Equipping the saints, meaning that they have been trusted in Christ. So they're going to take that, what they know, and they're going to work it toward the ministry of building up the body of Christ until we've all maintained unity, attained unity of the faith. What does all of that mean? And then it says we won't be carried around by every wind of doctrine. So you'll know what you believe. So I have to keep asking every week. The reality is we need us. We need us. And that's what God has ordained us to do. To be more like Christ, we need us. Right? And we'll do that through us. Because we all get influenced, right? Y'all know that. And I almost try to show a video, but I'm not very technologically savvy. But I'm just going to tell you about one. I don't have a pen. That's okay. But there's called the Ash Experiment. They've been doing this from the 70s to yesterday, I'm sure. But they take a group of people. It's like if I took all of y'all, and then Jeff don't know it, but everybody else in here does. And I show Jeff a sheet of paper. It's got lines on it. And I say, just match the two lines. Which two lines are the same height? 80% of the time, by question two, Jeff's going to answer what y'all answer. And in the test, of course, y'all are answering wrong. There's like a little line and a line like this, and y'all are saying the short one matches this one. You'll forget all basic, just there's no way that's right, just basic judgments on reality to fit in. We all do it from the 70s to 2022, so age ain't a thing. We all do it. Right, so we're going to be influenced. Another good example is go to any high school, and I'll be careful here, um, in Limestone County, I'll just say any, any high school, and look at boys, 7th through 12th grade, and see what you find. If y'all don't know, if you haven't been lately, and then look around, maybe a country singer or two, I haven't seen a lot, but y'all know what's out there and just running rough shot? Huh? Mullets. You're 100% right. There's mullets, y'all. I mean, boys in the ninth grade getting a perm to have a solid mullet. So if I can influence, here's what I know to be true. I know there's a 12th grader at a certain school, and he's the, he's the, he's the athlete of the, of, the, of the high school. And every boy wants to be him. And he's got a stupid mullet. So every boy there wants a stupid mullet. See, we all we all are influenced. Do what mullets? Oh boy. Um. So I can't wait to see Stephen in one. Um. So, but but the point of that is is that we're all going to be we're going to be influenced, right? That's true of all of us. We're desperate for a community. We all want to be part of a community. And I would just challenge you to find the right one. One that don't deceive you or one that don't distort reality and will be honest with you. One that will speak truth and love and help you build as a Christian person. That's what you want. That's what I want. I want a community that will breathe truth into me and build us up. We call that groups on Wednesday nights. Right? And they're starting this Wednesday. And some of us, I would say... We just look at our life, maybe we're not progressing like we should, how we, we, we want to even spiritually, but if you really, you're really, if you tell me the truth, you're not dug into a Christian community at all. Like nothing about your life says that's where I'm going, that's just what you want to do.
Like there's nobody around you that challenges you. There's nobody around you that inspires you. You're running with a crowd that you just pursue the things you want and then wonder why you haven't changed. Here's what I'll say. That's the us part. That's the, that's the combined with us. That's the truth from us. That Paul says we dig into a Christian community and I've got brothers and sisters and they're going to help me move in the way to be better and they're going to keep me from destructive things. See, I take a singular thread and hold it up to y'all. I could snap that thread in as many pieces as I want. Just one little thread. But see, if you weave that piece of thread, like over some and under some and just all sorts of weaving, there ain't a person in this room that can break it. Right? We need us. And our deceitful thoughts and desires, those annoying sins that just keep knocking us over, it's like a bowling ball, man. They just keep wearing us out. And we can't find victory. We can't win. Every week our legs are swept out from under us. Why? Because we're like one little thread, like just blowing in the wind. Like weave into us as a community. Right? There's strength in that. And the last thing I'll say is if you weave into a community that makes you more like Christ, it'll help you stay away from sin most of the time. It'll help. You'll still sin, on sin but it helps because you've got people holding you accountable. But it'll amplify the good you can do. Because Paul even says, like, there were some people that used to steal. Now they don't steal. They actually make sure they're trying to help the needy. Like, they went for, they've changed doing what they used to do. Now they help the needy. Like, we're, as a group, we're not just trying to not do negative. Y'all get it? Christianity is so much more than just trying not to do bad things. What we want to do is engage in some positive ones and help those people in need. I'm going to tell you proof of it. I gave to our missions offering. I'm not going to tell you how much, but I gave as much as I thought I could at the time so we could take that money as a church do something with it it's not gonna be much but we can do something with it but us we waved up we, we raised over 25 grand and what we're gonna do is we will do things and we will we will make an impact period because of us see me and monica we helped with christmas house we adopted as many kids as we could but us we took three schools and let them send us all the kids they could and about 268 kids later, every one of them had Christmas. See, I can't afford that. We can't. Right? We, we did. We did afford that. So that's what I'm talking about. The good we can do together, it makes us all better. It makes all of us better. So here's what I'll ask you. What are you lacking? What are you lacking? Because if the start is, I'm lacking God, I don't even know God, Kenny, I don't even have a relationship with him, then we know the only way to him is Jesus Christ. No one comes to the Father except through him. Well, that's, that's a thing we need to start with. And so the things we do over and over again, like the bad sins out there, like Jesus sent a sufficient solution for that. But it was only one that could do it. And that was Jesus.
And so when you trust him, what he brings you into the family. It's going to be tough to join a community of people where their number one is not your number one. And you stay around it all. Right? That's the thing. The other thing that's awkward to say, because there's only like 20 of us, and I chose to talk about community when there's 20 people here. Let me ask you something. Do you know people in here? Do you know your brothers and sisters around you? Right? And even I would say, like, some of us might not even have Christian friends. Right? And I would say to that, like, get some. Get some. Because this is not a subtraction talk, like kick the people out of your life that are not Christian. This is not that. I'm saying just add some. Add somebody that will ask you the tough questions, hold you accountable, and you can do the same for them. But running lone, lone wolf, lone scout is going to be tough. right? Find a community that is passionate about Christ and jump in. Dive into that. And that's what we call groups on Wednesday nights. Right? And there's only one man in the Bible, if you look, that he looked at God and said, man, this is, I'm alone here. It's Elijah. And if you look it up, God says, no, 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 no. There's thousands, man. And so the point of that is, if we just begin to ask God to help us, we'll walk, we'll link up with some people. And this sounds weird for me up here, but if even it's not this church, you're like, hey, this church ain't for me. Talk to me or Heath. We know a bunch. We'll send you a good one. Like, but but, we, but our goal is to, to plug in. And there's going to be an awkward situation. Let's just be real. When you walk through the door, if you don't know your group leader, let's say. Just get over it and come on in. Because he don't know you either. It's going to be awkward for him too. Right? But about, here's what I promise about all our group leaders. Every one of them are human. So just give them a shot. Right? Just give them a shot. It's going to be awkward. Sign up for somebody you don't know. I don't. It doesn't matter. But I challenge you to do that. Get plugged in with some people and just see how it goes. Give them a chance. Give God a chance. And I'll flip this and say, if you only have Christian friends, Jesus had some, his tightest circles were believers. I think that's good. But I promise you, Jesus always reached out. He was always reaching out. It's going to be tough to launch out of anything if you're just huddled in a Christian circle. Y'all, the world is in need, and we have the best answer on the planet. We got to tell them. Like, like, let's us tell them. Let, let us tell them. All right, Patrick's coming. I'll be here if you need to make a decision. Uh, we have counselors by the back door. But the challenge is today, like, man, finding us. Find a group that you can plug into, and, and it's like a thread. We're so much stronger together. Like, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much uh, for your word. God, I pray and thank you for groups and what they're going to mean to people on Wednesday nights. Because God, in this congregation, I know we've lost husbands and wives. We've had babies. We've had surgery. We've went through a lot as a congregation that only those people in those groups are going to be able to help them. I've never had a baby. So I can't help them. But God, I know there's moms in those groups that have been through a lot. And so God, be with us. God, we love you. And you're in our praise. Amen.